And a good morning to you. Welcome to WKTY Outdoors. I'm Kevin Millard. Glad you could make it along this morning on a uh, lovely sunny Saturday morning. Shaping up to be a nice sunny weekend. Looking nice out there. Get the uh, get the gear and head out on the ice. Oh, guess we can't head out on the ice. Never mind. Um, <laughs> boy, well, eh, so much for that. Um, goodness, well, it feels like ice fishing, well, at least it has the last couple of days. My goodness. Um, I'm not sure who I can write to complain to, but but darn it, it, it was cold. Man, that wind is uh, working uh, it, it, it just up at the, uh, it, it's cold down here in the valley, but um, like, you know, my full-time gig is up at the uh, TV station here in uh, La Crosse, and well, the, the studios, of course, are over in La Crescent there on top of the bluff, and that's uh, fairly flat land once you get up there, and isn't much to cut that wind, and oh my goodness, I stepped out of the car yesterday morning when I got to work, and it's like, ooh, that wind is brisk. I'd forgotten about that. You would think you, it's like, okay, it's February 17th, of course it's, you know, but this uh, winter has been so wonky, it's, uh, uh, you know, but uh, who knows. It could be 60 by next weekend. You just, you never know. I mean, it's just, oh my goodness. But certainly uh, don't have to worry uh, too much anyway. Um, It's going to warm up here in the next several days, so. But heck, I mean, it's still pretty nice to get out there and enjoy the uh, uh, nice weather. There's no doubt about that. And uh, certainly can enjoy a, uh, a little fishing anyway. Uh, shore fishing, that, that is. Um, although I've seen, and I have seen a few boats out too. Uh, you, know, you know, it's, uh, which is usually pretty early <laughs> for this, this time of year. Um, but... Take advantage of it uh, while you can, I guess, and uh, and enjoy it. And and I don't have the notes. I don't have my notes pulled up in front of me here at the at the moment or whatever. But at least uh, I, I'm thinking anyway. Uh, at least from what I'm reading, anyhow, is that uh, um, at least this spring and uh, everything is that we're not really going to have to deal with uh, the normal spring flooding that. We general, you know, the river rises, and, and you know, you know, and certainly last year was awful. But I don't think uh, everything I'm, I'm reading here from the the National Weather Service I was reading earlier this week doesn't look like we're going to uh, have that uh, likelihood, or certainly nowhere near uh, what we normally expect, uh, and. I mean, if you you just kind of look at things, it, it's pretty easy to tell why we certainly don't have uh, don't have the snow, and uh, we certainly don't have. Well, we're just basically in a drought, and so everything is just getting absorbed into the ground. Uh, I think I was talking about this last, you know, that you know, just with the the snow melting nor on a normal spring in my uh, backyard, it looks like a bog, but normally and and it's just practically dry ground, but and and that's I mean the water is just getting absorbed, and we're not uh, they're just not expecting 
um, as severe conditions as we may normally expect to see in the the, the spring anyway as far as the uh, uh, the flooding goes so um, it'll be interesting to see how this all uh, plays out but we certainly don't have the the snowpack and we certainly don't have the um, you know frozen ground like we typically have and and so that water is just getting you know snow melts and it just gets absorbed right into the ground and Ultimately, that'll be a good thing, of course, don't get me wrong, but uh, um, it's certainly not going to, uh, I think, play a, a very big role in terms of, uh, you know, spring flooding. So we might catch a little bit of a, a break from uh, the normal conditions here and, and see how that all plays out. I, I'll, I'll talk a little bit about that uh, a little later on here with my guest. We've got Tackle Terry Tuma coming up uh, in just a, a little bit here, too. And uh, that'll be one of the things that, that we talk about is certainly um, river conditions and, and I guess what can we, you know, what we can expect here in the next, well, uh, you know, last half here of February and into March and April. It's certainly uh, going to be different <laughs> i guess that's just the simplest way to put it is that it's just it's just going to flat be different you know um and, and looking at the river stage right now uh, it's sitting at about five uh, just a little under five five so um it's come up oh probably a couple of inches here uh in the last couple of days but again nothing nothing major and uh again it just it, it feels kind of weird to be talking about river stages and, and current and flow and things like that in the middle of February. Generally, I'm not, I'm not doing it. Uh, you know, usually, it's usually at least, well, at least a couple of weeks anyway. Well, you chat about that a little bit, I think, once we get to March. But um, it's certainly not something that we're going to be uh, experiencing here Yeah, it's just it's just it's just odd. That's just the bottom line here. Uh, taking a look at the, uh, the some of the other current uh, conditions here at the moment, um, the flow is uh, you know moderate, I guess. Uh, at this point here, pretty much everything is uh, in the uh, um, mid twenties in terms of of flow. Uh, twenty three up at Alma, uh, twenty five in Minnesota City. 26 and a half at Dres or at Winona, uh, Trempolo about the same, uh, a little over 28 at uh, at Dresback, Genoa's at 29, and uh, Linksville's at at 27. So uh, again, you know, it's picked up just a little bit, but I, I think just looking at the river stage coming up a little bit, we've had a, a little bit of a uh, just a little bump in terms of the uh, the river stage. So that, that's probably pushed the flow up just a, a little bit, but. Again, nothing, nothing too major anyway at uh, at, at this point. So, uh, and uh, the water temperatures have come up. Uh, I, I always have a bad time. I, I need to write them down, but I, I just uh, I, I know they have gone up because I think last week we had some thirty threes and thirty fours. Now we're we're uh, solidly into the mid thirties, which again is kind of odd to be thinking about here in the middle of February, but uh, Alma's at 35. Same for uh, uh, Dresback and Genoa as well. 
Uh, Lynxville's at uh, 37. So, um, you know, it's just, again, odd conditions here. And it hasn't, and the, and the thing is, it just is not um, translated really well into um, great fishing. I don't, and again, this is one of those things I'm going to kind of address with uh, uh, with Terry and, and get his his take on it and what uh, you know he's seeing out there. But um, it's just kind of you know okay right now uh, in terms of uh, uh, in terms of fishing. Just not to, uh, a huge ton of panfish being caught. Um, the walleye bite isn't doing uh, isn't doing too bad anyway. Um, it's, uh, it, it's just kind of hit and miss and, um, same for the sauger for that, that matter as well. But, uh, I, again, uh, the primary thing that, you know, if you do head out, uh, you'll be wanting to use is, uh, is just a, a live bait, jig and a minnow for, for both. And I, I think that, uh, uh, certainly is going to, uh, help things out is just that. That live bait, that's kind of what they're expecting to see this time of year. Um, so it's one of those things where, um, you know, just uh, go get yourself, stop at the uh, uh, your nearest bait and tackle shop and head on out and drop a line in the water with the, with a minnow at the end and uh, see what you can get. Um but again, you know, the bite is is just it's just been kind of hit and miss. Um, uh, you know, at some points it's it's decent, and other times it's uh, not that way. So, but uh, you know, I, I think you could do okay catching a few uh, a few walleyes right there, and um, that uh, isn't. I, I, I just say it, but it just isn't a lot else going on right now. Um, haven't gotten a ton of reports for, uh, for pan fishing. Uh, that's been eh, relatively quiet. Uh, just not much in the way of, uh, crappies or, um, bluegills or anything like that. The perch bites kind of slow. Uh, so it's just, uh, it's just been one of those situations where I don't, you know, and I guess maybe, and, and I don't know, maybe, and, and uh, you know, maybe it's just, this is what it's like normally anyway, this time of year. <laughs> You know, and maybe I'm just thinking things would be a little bit different with uh, the open water. Certainly there's, you know, um, I would think that there would be a lot more aquatic, 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 there, aquatic, (laughs) Um, activity going on just simply because there, you know, there's no uh, snow or ice layer to, to sort of block the sunlight there, so you know the the little bugs and critters and, and um, vegetation and everything should be, you know, getting a decent amount of sunlight and um, you know, water is uh, fairly decent in terms of clarity and everything. But uh, you know, so that should be. I would think they would be more active. I just do, and it just uh, uh, I, I'm. Kind of surprised here where the last several weeks it's just been really quiet. So I don't know, and certainly 
you know, it's a, a situation where, you know, you know, the fish are just not going to be pressured anywhere near what they normally would be uh, this time of year with, uh, uh, you know, all things being equal. And this was, you know, still ice fishing weather. Um, you know, you, you would think that, you know, in a lot of places that the fish would, you know, be a little skittish or whatever, but now with this, you know, the open water and um, it's just not, uh, I don't know, it's just its just odd. Uh, one of the other plus things, too, I guess, with, uh, with the open water is uh, uh, we won't see a lot of, uh, shouldn't see anyway, probably a lot of uh, winter kill, uh, which is always a good thing for uh, um, the old nostrils. Because, uh, oof, that's uh, not something you really want to uh, get involved in. Um, but, uh, uh, yeah, it, ooh, it's, that's not. You haven't lived until you've really gotten a, a whiff of a little back bay full of dead gizzard shad. Mm, yeah, that's, uh, no, do not... Uh, uh, no, <laughs> let's put it, put it that way. So, um, and, uh, and just kind of shifting gears a little bit here, taking a look at the, uh, um, it's a couple days old anyway, from the, uh, the Driftless Angler, the report here is that, um, the, the creeks there too are being affected by, uh, the weather and the drought. Um, it says here, you know, fishing remains slow due to the, you know, fishing remains difficult due to the slow flows and, and crystal clear water. Um, supposed to get uh, a little bit better this uh, tomorrow and, and, and maybe Monday anyway. Just, you know, maybe we'll get a little help or whatever. But, uh, um, you know, it'll cool things off just a, a little bit. But, you know, even trout fishing is uh, affected. And that, that usually is my kind of backup go-to is when, uh, you know, the other fishing is not that good, but it seems like it's a, a little bit of a challenge as well for, uh, uh, for trout fishing. So it's just kind of real hit and miss. Do I, 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 am I suggesting not to go out? Heavens no. Uh, I would, uh, uh get out and, uh, and enjoy it. Uh, maybe hit some of those, you know, backwater areas and, and see what, uh, what you can find back there. Maybe find, you know, someplace with a little bit of current anyway and, um, you know, work some of those areas and maybe work, you know, work some of the areas that you, you know, normally would be working, you know, a month, maybe a month and a half from now if we have a real cold winter. But uh, um, those would be some of the areas that uh, that I would I would be checking out. Again, you know, some of the backwater areas still do have some ice, but it, it's certainly not... Uh, um, what I, I think would be considered, say, and I've, I, I, you know, last weekend, um, and maybe even Monday or Tuesday, I guess I saw a few people out just where I normally would be driving, and um, I haven't seen anybody in the last few days. Certainly, uh, out on the ice, I don't think it's uh, uh, really safe. At all, and just uh, again looking at some of my fishing reports here too, is that um, you know a lot of places just it's just not recommended going out 
period, even some of the backwater areas are just not, because I would imagine anything with any kind of current is is open or close to open, and, and whatever ice there is is uh, pretty darn thin at this this point. I do know that uh, there was supposed to be a, uh, uh, un- unfortunately, sadly, that uh, uh, was supposed to be a, uh, a high school, the state uh, ice fishing championships this uh, the last couple of days here in the lacrosse area and uh well that i think they ended up having a, some kind of a, a banquet or whatever and that was the extent of the the competition i don't maybe they had a fish stick eating contest or whatever i i i'm i'm and i'm not trying to make light of that it, it's certainly uh you know uh, a, a great competition and uh, a, a great opportunity for all uh, the high school teams from around the uh, state and everything but you know a lot of them just didn't and, and certainly understandable with the uh, uh, with the conditions here too. And I've even seen too that uh, uh, some of the things with uh, um, sturgeon fishing uh, has uh, well, it kicked off last week. And, and you know, looking at some of them there too, you know, Lake Winnebago and, uh, and those areas, um, boy, the numbers are, are are down. And certainly with the uh, uh, conditions weather wise there too, it's just it's it's a a down year this uh, um, year for sturgeon fishing sturgeon spearing I should say over in the uh, um, other side of the state there so um, yeah I'm just uh, looking at the the numbers here you know it's just not the numbers are, are definitely down some nice fish have been speared but uh, uh, the numbers are down. Anyway, I'm going to take a break, get to my guest on the phone here, Tackle Terry Tuma, and we will continue with more of WKTY Outdoors in just a few moments. You're listening to WKTY, 96.7 FM and 5.80 AM. Thanks for joining me on the show this morning. Welcome back to WKTY Outdoors. I'm Kevin Millard. Thanks for joining me on the program this morning. And uh, got my guest all set and ready to go here. And always good to have Captain Terry Tuma on the line here. And uh, we always have a, uh, a good opportunity to chat about a lot of different things. And uh, um, certainly the weather is, is one of them. Good morning, Terry. Good morning, Kevin. Good morning to all of our listeners. Yes, weather is quite a uh, ingredient. That's a conversation I have with the general angling public about where are we at, what are we going to do. And I, in our area, we checked just a ton of lakes, Kevin, mm-hmm. uh, on Wednesday, and I was just amazed at how much open. We live on a lake that's got open water. Mm-hmm. Uh, even with the colder temperatures, thing it would freeze over, but the wind is stopping that. Yeah. And uh, I think, you know, in almost all of the lakes, we had seen one person uh, ice fishing. Otherwise, there is no one on any body of water. And it, the, uh, some lakes, some of the larger lakes, even have open water in the center part of it, mm-hmm. uh, along the shoreline, the accesses. And then besides that, too, um, uh, the lake levels have really dropped, some as much as four feet. Wow. That's, uh, and that was one of the things I, I wanted to uh, uh, to touch on as well, is that uh, um, the spring flood forecast shows, like, 
you know, we're probably not going to see what we normally would see during a, a given summer here, uh, just simply because of the drought conditions we've experienced here in the upper Midwest the last uh, a couple of years. You know, all that excess water, if you just getting absorbed into the ground. Yes, you're exactly right, and, and especially now in our areas. Of course, now that's going to change because of two nights. Mm-hmm. But a lot of the frost has already come out of the ground. Yeah. Uh, so all this moisture, is, you know, is soaking, which is great for drought conditions. But we're going to need in this spring a lot of rain uh, to bring these lake levels up. Even a foot would be great. But uh, the access is going to be uh, troublesome. There's no question about it. If we don't get any rain whatsoever. Well, yeah, that was going to, and, and that was going to be my my next question too. Is is you know. At this point, um, it, it does seem kind of odd to see boats on the water uh, in the middle of February, but uh, um, it just feels like we're about a, like a good month and a half ahead of schedule here that we normally are in the, uh, in the uh, late winter slash early spring. But, uh, and actually, yeah, that, uh, you know, with, with boat access, um, you know, that's, that's got to be a bit of a challenge when those lake levels, like you said, you know, in some places down four feet. I mean, that just, you know, that makes it tough. Oh, it really does, and that's why, you know, I checked out, and we've done that, uh, Kevin, too, when we checked all these uh, lakes, and some were new lakes, is looking at the accesses. Uh, some are going to be okay, uh, many of them for small boat access only, uh, with a roller trailer, uh, but, uh, too, it's just amazing how the lake levels have really, really dropped. Uh, some was almost to the point of being shocking. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's, uh, it's 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 really very surprising that uh, uh, you, you just <laughs> where the where the water is gone. I mean, my goodness, it's uh, it's um, that may be the challenge, the exact opposite of what we experienced last year, where we had all the flooding and everything, and this year it's going to be the exact opposite. No water or little uh, little water to to, uh, to deal with. Yeah, you're exactly right. In fact, I heard a comment the other day, uh, Kevin, was saying that uh, we're going to have our boats on the water before Minnesota's inland walleye season closes. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, which is, which is, you know, it could happen. I think in our areas, especially, we're going to see ice out here, especially with the strong winds today. Even though we got cold, mm-hmm. uh, with the strong wind, that keeps the lakes, you know, open, and we may see ice out in a week or two weeks. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And, and just for our listeners as well, you live a little. You, you live north of the Lacrosse area. And you're in Minnesota, look, you know, more central Minnesota, a little. Um, a, a bit further north, so yeah, your conditions are, are uh, uh, a little bit different than what we've got down here in the cross. Where um, certainly with our, our rivers and, and things like that, it's uh, uh, pretty wide open at this point. There's very, very little ice uh, in some of the backwater areas, and uh, what there is is, uh, is is pretty thin at this point. Yeah, it really is, you know, and what really is a big factor, even though it doesn't get, you know, warm temperatures, we got this strong sun, and it's just mm-hmm. amazing what that strong sun uh, does, uh, deteriorating the ice. So there's a lot of factors here. I'm talking to several anglers, many anglers, even with portables, have just uh, given up for the year and just mm-hmm. looking forward to open water fishing. Yeah. Yeah, uh, we'll just uh, we'll just get started with that uh, uh, a little earlier this year than uh, than, than normal. Um, yeah, yeah. Uh, go ahead, go ahead, Trey. 
No, no, but you're exactly right. It's way uh, normal. But, you know, this is a transition time, too. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, if you're looking for a new boat or you need to put a new line on your uh, reels, uh, looking at your inventory of tackle, uh, looking at a new lake. When we were out uh, looking with a friend the other day, we found two lakes that we're going to fish this year. Never been on them before, uh, so it's a challenge. But it's fun to look forward to some of that also. Mm-hmm. Yeah, exactly. That's, uh, you know, it, you, you might as well try and make something, you know, make a bit of a, uh, you know, find some positives in the, the situation and, uh, um, you know, work towards what's what's going to be coming ahead here uh, in the very not-too-distant future. Well, exactly right. You know, it's, a, you know, it's earlier than normal. Kevin, we have to realize that, but it's a transition time, so let's mm-hmm. take advantage of this transition time and not say, wow, the ice just went out, we're not even ready for open water crappie fishing. Mm-hmm. Uh, so uh, that, that's a big factor. Sure, everything's just pushed ahead, if you will, but let's just take advantage of that time frame. Mm-hmm. Exactly, exactly. And and I just want, I want to touch on this just briefly, and then uh, we'll, we'll talk about uh, uh, the topic that you, you mentioned earlier. Uh, but, uh, you know, in terms of fishing, it is a transition time here. And I don't know what you're, you're seeing in, in your particular uh, area, but uh, it's been very quiet here in terms of, uh, in terms of the fishing. I don't know if the, uh, you know, I mean, and certainly the, the fish, are, I think, are a little bit affected by um, this change in condition here. Uh, certainly, I uh, was thinking earlier, too, that... Um, you know, with the lack of ice and the lack of snow on uh, on the water, um, you know, certainly a lot more light penetration. So I, I would think at some point here the uh, uh, the food chain, the bugs, and the vegetation and everything would really start to kick off and, oh, yes, and pick I, up the fishing. Yes, well, you're exactly right. You know, uh, it's all related to water temperatures, Kevin. Mm-hmm. So once we see this water temperature start to increase, we're going to start to see uh, Mother Nature's food sources start to appear, and that's really a time frame that we need to address, especially for certain species of fish. But, yes, uh, it's going to be plus. The other big plus, even though uh, we as ice hunters uh, don't really admit it or want it to take place, but uh, there's a lot less fishing pressure on all of these lakes. Mm-hmm. Uh, in the river system. So that's a big, big plus for the fish survival. And then along with that, too, is that we've got green weeds uh, that have never died. So that's going to be another factor in locating these fish. Uh, so there's a lot of changes out there, but the changes aren't really, shall we say, they're abnormal for this time of the year, but mm-hmm. they're not abnormal as the season progresses. Right, right. And and, and one other point, too, that uh, I mentioned earlier in the, 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 the program uh, was that um, I don't expect uh, to see or hear many stories of, uh, um, you know, a lot of, of, of winter kill of fishes as well. I don't think that, uh, I, it's certainly not in, in our area here where, you know, we've got, you know, little bays and things like that that tend to get iced in, but uh, um, I don't think that's going to be the case this year at all. No, you're exactly right. In fact, uh, talking to some uh, sportsmen's clubs and some lake associates, some of the lakes haven't even turned their aerators on this winter. Mm-hmm. Uh, so that's definitely showing that there's no oxygen depletion at all. I don't anticipate any type of winter kill. Winter kill. Besides that, uh, we don't have enough uh, snow on the ice to really stop penetration into mm-hmm. the ice uh, with the green weed that provides oxygen for the fish. So we should be in excellent shape as far as winter kill. Yeah, and I think that will... Uh, you know, bode well for, um, 
you know, later this spring and, and as we work into summer. So, I mean, we're, I mean, potentially here we're looking at, uh, uh, you know, very good numbers of, of uh, fish to be caught out there this, uh, you know, as the year progresses here. Oh, yes, you're right. You know, you've got one is you, we don't have to be concerned about winter kill. We don't have to be concerned, hopefully, about uh, flooding. We don't have to be concerned about the uh, oxygen depletion. So we got a lot of plus factors for these fish. And the fish survival rate throughout the winter lacking ice fishing pressure, which is a great, uh, uh, shall we say, it, it is uh, a lot to be concerned about with the ice fishing pressure. In fact, some of these lakes have a lot more pressure in the wintertime than they do in the summer. So that's going to really, uh, help the fish survival and the growth of those fish mm-hmm. yeah exactly exactly well and, and now let's uh, let's shift gears since uh, we're looking at uh, um what what may shape up to be a pretty good year of fishing but uh in order to uh, in order to get to the fish uh, you might need a a little assistance there uh, unless you're a really you know good swimmer but uh <laughs> Um, I'm not, so I think uh, a, a boat would be uh, in order. And, and certainly, uh, you, you've been talking to some of your contacts as well, and um, you're hearing that, uh, that that boat sales are are doing very well this uh, at, at this point in the the, the, the day here. Yes, I just talked to Wakans uh, Marine and Thurble, and boat sales are going extremely, extremely well. And, you know, if we're looking for a new boat, which obviously many people are and they're also buying, is, you know, it's just some tips uh, for buying a boat, Kevin. One is, you know, ask yourself, uh, where do I fish and what do I fish for? If we're only fishing small bodies of water and maybe a lot of crappies and sunfish, uh, maybe occasionally walleye, we don't need a big 19- to 22-foot boat. And especially this year, we have to come be a little bit concerned also about the accesses, but we can't buy a boat according to water levels either because it's too much of an investment. Mm-hmm. So, therefore, then you, you want a small boat uh, for uh, small waters if you want a bigger boat for bigger waters. But here again, too, it really makes a big difference as to the species we're pursuing. And the other thing, too, is that what we have to relate to is that Lumum boats are lighter, and they tow easy with a small vehicle. Uh, but then, too, uh, you know, uh, once we get more involved in fishing or if we're fishing a lot of big water or a lot of bass and walleyes, then we definitely want to take a strong look at a, a glass boat, anything from, you know, 18 to 23 feet in length, Kevin. Yeah. Yeah, and 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 I, I think too, just uh, off off the top of my head here too, it, certainly there are some other considerations too, especially and and again as you uh, as you mentioned too with um, what species you're you're going for. If you're you know going for you know panfish or, or something along those lines, um, you know maybe you can get away with a little bit of a a, a flat bottom. But you know if you're you're you know targeting bass on a pretty regular basis you know you know maybe you want something with uh, uh some you know a couple of nice live wells or, or some of those other uh things that uh, um can help you be a, a, a little more efficient a little bit better on the water well there's yeah, no question about that yes you know and the glass boats are um, definitely easier to handle um much smoother ride in, in rougher water, that's because of the weight. But the other things, too, that we want to take a strong look at, first of all, we should not let price dictate, Kevin. Yes, mm-hmm. we have to, uh, you know, 
plan on what it's going to cost us according to our uh, budget, but then on the other hand, don't cut corners. Don't go buy a real cheap boat because it matches our our uh, budget. But what we have to understand here too is, you know, uh, if if you're going uh, and planning on buying a boat and keeping a boat for some time, then make sure that it fits your needs. But you know, make sure, as you mentioned, you got a couple live wells uh, that you know with all the electronics today, uh, you probably need uh, area for four batteries and an onboard charger, which was just brought up to me. This morning, uh, making sure that you get an onboard uh, charger, and and if you're getting it, you know, a 19, 22, 23 foot boat, make sure your tow vehicle can handle that. And how about storage? That's another thing. And then two is, you know, does it have uh, uh, enough rod storage? How about dry storage? And, and the other thing too that I think really pops up, uh, just talking to inexpensive, or talking to people, is they buy a nice boat and they get a very inexpensive trailer. So it's got they got big problems loading it. I know somebody that had an issue here just recently, and that's another factor. Don't skip on the trailer because uh, many times you'll see price packages with a very inexpensive trailer with the boat that you want. Yeah, and and and, and I think that's something that a lot of people, uh, you know, sort of it, it's sort of secondary in their uh, mind what they're thinking about. They're they're focused on you know the boat and and. You know, does the boat have this or that? And, and uh, the other thing, and, and you're exactly right. I mean, that, that boat is going to um, spend a great deal of time on a, uh, on a trailer. And, uh, well, hopefully not anyway, but uh, it's certainly going to spend a considerable amount of time on a trailer and, um, you know, towing it around, storing it. Um, yeah, you want something that, that uh, uh, is, is going to be, you know, good for the boat, good for the budget, but uh, uh, something that's... Uh, uh, functional and usable as well. Oh, yes, very, very much so. And the other thing, too, I think so often we forget about, we're shopping for price or shopping for a boat. We forget about the customer service and the mm-hmm. service department. You have to make sure that's got a reputable service department. I mean, it's so unfortunate. You have no idea, Kevin, how many people have come up to me and said this, that they have trouble with this, with the transducer, with all kinds of wiring, on and on and on. Mm-hmm. And that's where you really need a very reputable, a very, very good service department. Right, exactly. And I think that, that, that again, is something that, uh, um, I, I don't know if, if this is the right word, but, you know, one of those sort of intangibles that, that maybe isn't, you know, uh, on that list of, of things that, that people are thinking about when uh, when in the market to, to buy a boat, but uh, you're exactly right. You know, the uh, uh, you know somebody's got to be able to take care of that boat, and and certainly too, I think that would influence uh, you know what kind of a boat do you, do you want? You know, something and um, no boat is certainly going to be maintenance free, but something that's going to be um, serviceable and it isn't complicated uh, that. Uh, um, you know, if you do take it in for service, it's it's something that is uh, is is very serviceable and easy to repair. Things along those lines. Yes, you're right. And the other thing too, I didn't mention is climb up in the boat. 
mm-hmm. and then make sure you know that you're uh, that you have enough leg room in the council and the passenger side uh, that you can you know, be comfortable in sitting there. Consider air ride seats, especially in some of the bigger boats, and look at the gauges how they're uh, positioned. You know, do you have to lean over? Can you look straight at them and get all the information you need? And then uh, rigging up with the electronics is always best to order a boat if you can with electronics or have a reputable dealer install the electronics for you. And that also bites you know what kind of electronics, how much do I want to spend? Uh, just uh, spend the money on good electronics that you're going to need. Same thing with a trolling motor. You know, too often mm-hmm. I think we yeah. skimp on a trolling motor, and we need one that's going to retain its power for the whole day. Exactly. Yeah, and then I hadn't even hadn't even thought about that. But you're certainly uh, you're certainly right, given all the um, different environments that uh, that someone with a boat will will be experiencing. Uh, you know, backwaters and, and places like that, little sloughs and, and whatnot that uh, um, you, you certainly just can't run your your, your regular motor through. Um, but that's a a, a good point. And, and really, too, for that matter. Um, uh, and let me just get your thoughts on this as well, is that um, so many of the boats that uh, that I see these days are sort of, you know, tricked out. You can you can accessorize a boat uh, <laughs> unbelievably uh, these days, but, you know, maybe that's something that uh, also needs to be considered, that, you know, maybe your budget doesn't afford this, this, and this at the moment, but, you know, that's something that can be added later on, and, and you want those options, if you will. Oh, yes, you're right, you know, and that's another factor. But, you know, if you're buying a boat and you're a little bit uh, uh, stretched out for dollars, then you have to adjust accordingly. But then on the other hand, Kevin, if you can afford, you know, say that you want this and you want that, you want uh, maybe uh, two uh, liquid crystal grass, one on the bow, one on the council, or if it's a tiller boat, maybe one in the front and one in the back. Uh, those are things that you're going to need. But they're here again, too. You know, buy it when you can buy it fully rigged uh, from the uh, from the dealership, mm-hmm. and therefore you don't have to go back and forth, and then you get into that situation, I wish I, I, wish I did, I could have done it, and mm-hmm. I didn't do it, but I was just a little concerned about the dollar. Uh, here again, too, you know, if you're really set out for dollars, maybe you should take a look at buying a good used boat. Mm-hmm. That's, uh, that's certainly uh, uh, an option, too, and I I, uh, I think that, that many of those dealerships, uh, you know, have those used boats that uh, are, are certainly uh, um, certainly usable and functional and, and would be a great buy for uh, for a lot of people. Well, yes, and a, and a good dealership will, will warranty those boats too, mm-hmm. Kevin. And I, a good dealership won't have any, shall we call them, junk boats uh, yeah. you know, to, to sell. So they're going to have good boats you know, in their lot. And you have to rely there again on a reputable dealer. Yeah. Uh, and so that's another venue that you can approach if you're looking at a boat. But you know, here too, uh, take a, if you're buying a used boat, take a look and see well, how it's been cared for. You know, what is the carpeting like, or the, what is the interior like? Are the, is the boat all scratched? And the other thing too, when you're buying a fiberglass boat, uh, just look down the sides of it, Kevin, and mm-hmm. if it's sort of uh, wavy, if you will. Uh, uh, it should be smooth, not wavy. Uh, so that also is going to tell you uh, how much of a good boat that you know that you're looking at to buy. Uh, that's just an indication that there could be, you know, um, shall we say, uh, more cost-cutting issues uh, when they were building that boat. Yeah, 
Exactly, exactly. Here, well, uh, Terry, let's. I'm going to take a short break here, and then we'll uh, continue the conversation here this morning. So, uh, stay tuned. We'll uh, be back in just a few moments. You're listening to WKTY 96.7 FM, 5:80 AM. back to WKTY Outdoors. I'm Kevin Millard. Thank you for joining me on the show this morning. And of course, thank you to my guest as well, Tackle Terry Tuma here. We're we're talking boats this morning here on the, on the program here too. And and we've talked a lot about uh, boats themselves, but uh, uh, certainly the, uh, the, the trailer is uh, one thing that uh, a lot of people tend to overlook. It. And uh, you wanted to talk a little bit, Terry, about uh, a couple of different uh, you know, types of trailers and, and what's preferred, what's not, that, that's, that sort of thing. Yes. You know, the biggest question I've had many, many times, in fact, recently, again, do I want a bunk trailer or do I want a uh, roller trailer? Well, if you've got a glass board, I would definitely recommend a uh, bunk trailer. But even with the aluminum boats, Kevin, you know, especially, you know, your 17 pluses, go with a bunk trailer. Uh, they're so much easier to drive on, so much easier to load and unload. But, too, if you've got a small boat, you know, maybe a 16 or 16 and a half, you can use a roller trailer. But, you know, the biggest plus factor is with a bunk trailer, sure, you have to get the bunks wet, but uh, but you're going to have to back in that roller trailer also. Uh, so there's by far, to me, uh, the bunk trailer is much more superior. And then, you know, a tandem or single axle, well, the tandem is going to be so much easier to uh trail uh, on the road uh, it's going to be easier balance to your tow vehicle and then backing up it doesn't have it sort of states as memory if you will versus a single axle because mm-hmm. you have to be exact with a single axle but you know here again too it really depends but uh, just because you we think that a roller trailer is going to be so much easier to unload and load. Well, yes and no, but basically you still have to have water that's going to be deep enough. Uh, you can drive on on a roller trailer also, but you know, there's, uh, I, to me, a bunk trailer offers much more support underneath the boat. Uh, uh, there's just a lot of uh, factors to consider here, but do not go with the cheapest trailer that you can find. Right, right, exactly. And, uh, uh, as we've talked about with with fishing tackle and and uh, accessories and things like that, you know you 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 get what you pay for, and you know it's certainly worth spending you know quality money on a a quality trailer for uh, uh, for what uh, for a lot of, you know is a is a pretty sizable investment for a lot of folks. Oh yes, it is. You know, especially the boats and trailers have really jumped up in price, mm-hmm. but. You know, to me, uh, yes, you made a good statement. You know, you have to consider how much, how many people are fishing with you in the boat, how much tackle do you take. These are all weight factors. But do again, uh, go and you know, step up the trailer size. If you found a boat that you want, and the, the dealer is recommending this, just ask what the next step up and, and why. If I pay a little bit more, what am I getting for that dollar? Mm-hmm. Well, and and it also brings up. Uh, Another point that uh, I wanted to make as well with the boats and trailers, for uh, for that matter as well, is that, um, and we touched on it uh, earlier too, about uh, uh, maintenance issues and, and taking it in, having a reputable dealer where you can get the boat serviced and everything. But we also need to think about 
uh, you know, what the, the boat owner themselves uh, are going to be able, are going to have to do to, to, you know, maintain that boat, maintain that trailer. There's, there's certainly considerations there as well. Oh, no question about it, you know, and that's exactly right. And that's a great thing to do right now, too, in this transition time, is what kind of wheel bearings do you have? Should they be repacked? I think something that's also overlooked is your tires, your mm-hmm. tire wear, uh, tire pressure, uh, your winch strap. Uh, you know, what are my batteries like? Uh, are they in good shape? Did I have issues with it last fall? It's amazing, Kevin, too, on the small boat that I had. I had some odd issues with the, uh, with the motor. And it ended up to be a new ba- a new battery took care of those odd issues. Uh, so you know, here again, did I change uh, the lower half uh, unit uh, in oil? Uh, did it does it start correctly? Uh, making sure your batteries are charged up uh, before you go to that launch, and then uh, don't go out opening weekend or wherever you're going to go fishing and expect and start to uh, anticipating starting a fish, and your boat doesn't your motor doesn't start. Mm-hmm. So go to a, a body of water where you can start up the boat before you go fishing just to make sure you don't have that embarrassment and then when it doesn't load up uh, you become really disgusted with 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 the boat your fishing trip is ruined so these are just some preliminary uh issues that you can uh, take and handle up front yep exactly and 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 i was just as you were talking about that too i just i it, it seems to me that uh, uh Oh, at least a couple of times a year, uh, just driving down the highway wherever uh, that uh, um, in, or the interstate or something, uh, almost guaranteed that at, at some point there I will see uh, either the, just the trailer itself and the vehicles gone to get help or whatever. But almost guaranteed that uh, uh, I will see a, a boat on a trailer with a flat tire. And yes, yeah. <laughs> just it's it's something simple, but uh, um, something easily overlooked. You're right. You know that's where tire pressure is such a factor. And then I'll look at your tire wear. I think it's so important. Or if you've got an older trailer that's got some weather cracks in it, replace those tires. It's very, very inexpensive for that issue. The other thing too is making sure your wheel bearings are packed. Uh, I see that a lot too, uh, where you know a, a wheel bearing has failed, and you want to avoid that because if you don't, uh, and the wheel bearing fails, it can ruin your old axle. So then you got some major expenses with replacing the axles also mm-hmm. yeah and it's it's just you know that's that's not an easy you know quick fix is is you know fixing those kinds of things you know when you're stranded on the side of the the, the highway there that you know that that's uh, as you mentioned it's it's one of those things now where you know you could be looking into getting those things fixed repaired what have you and and uh you know planning ahead if you will well, you're right, especially if you've got a wheel bearing fail where it's ruined the axle, Kevin, then you've got to get it towed by a tow company, yeah. you know, where they can put it on a trade or something. That gets very, very expensive. So here again, too, just a little bit of precaution, as you mentioned, uh, just looking at the boat, you know, just going over, make sure, you know, if it's aluminum boat, all the screws are tight. You can go on and on. I think another thing that's so, and I mentioned it because I had a friend that uh, ran into this issue where the tow strap or the uh, winch strap broke and that's all you know but that can be a very dangerous situation uh, for the individual that's standing there uh, you know cranking on it or loading it up uh, but here again too just take a little uh, extra time uh, uh, looking at that boat 
Well, and I, I think too, and, and, and correct me if I'm, I'm wrong, but uh, you know, when you're looking at buying a boat and looking at uh, you know those purchases, you're looking at you know you need to be looking at those things. You know, how easy is it for me to, to pull the battery out if I need to charge it? How you know, you know the the tow strap, uh, you know things along those lines, and and that's that's where a good dealership can come in and, and they can help educate you and show you. Hey, this is what you need to do with this particular boat to, uh, you know, just routine maintenance kind of things that uh, uh, every boat owner should be doing. Yes, you're right, and I think one thing is if anybody, you know, if our listeners are looking at buying a new boat, get an onboard charger. That's so well worth the investment, no matter what. I think that's one of the more important factors you can get when you're buying a boat is that onboard charge. The other thing, I think you and I maybe talked about it a year ago or so, but we have this concept that and we've been told, you know, you go out fishing for, say, a half a day or just say a couple hours. You go home, we've been told, plug the charger in. We do not want to do that. Uh, we want to run that battery down at least fifty percent to twenty or twenty five percent is preferable, and then charge. But if we keep constantly charging it, it's really going to shorten the life expectancy of that battery. Yeah, it, it, that that's true. And and uh, you know, batteries will develop a memory, and it will get to the. You will shorten the life of a of a battery. I, having dealing with batteries and electronics. On a, a daily basis, that's uh, that's very true. You will certainly shorten the life of uh, uh, of a battery if you're you're constantly charging it and not letting it trickle you know, all the, the the charge drain down or whatnot. But uh, Terry, I've got a, uh, unfortunately we've got a run here. We're out of time. It's almost nine o'clock here. So uh, I want to thank you again for uh, for joining me on the program today. Certainly, uh, as always, uh, your your uh, thoughts and input uh, is 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 very much welcome. So thank you very much for uh, for being on the show today. Well, thank you, Kevin. You have a great day, and to all of our listeners, let's get ready for open water fishing. All right, sounds good, Terry. We will uh, we will talk to you again soon, and uh, we will talk to you next week with another edition of WKTY Outdoors. Until then, stay safe, be well, and we'll see you next Saturday on WKTY Outdoors.